The dissonance of democracy, some of a reducible complex combination of notes. We attune, celebrate, make difference audible, amplify disobedience, choreograph dissonance, enact alternative rituals and harmonies, open new horizons of possibility. You're listening to the Liquid Architecture podcast. Today, we revisit Monopoly June with a Japanese ghost story told by Amy May Stewart, a performance of improvised violin by Lily Tate, and a selection of poems from Ender Baskin. Live on air, online, and IRL, a program of live performances, radio plays, spoken words, archive recordings, and metamixes was broadcast in collaboration with Crawlspace Radio an artist-led experiment in techno-institutional broadcasting from Sam Sutton and Lucy Dodd. This event took place on the lands of the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung people of the Kulin Nation on the 2nd of June, 2022. I'll hand over now to Debris Facility, who hosted Monopoly June live on air. You're listening to Monopoly on Crawl Radio at Collingwood Yards. And my name is Debris Facility. I'm your host. Amy May Stewart is going to be reading traditional Japanese ghost stories, recorded and translated by Lufacadio Hearn in 1904, and accompanying these readings are two tracks by Emily A. Sprague, titled A Lake and Water Memory 2, from her 2017 album, Water Memory. Jikininki. Once, when Muso Kokushi, a priest of the Zen sect, was journeying alone through the province of Mino, he lost his way in the mountain district where there was nobody to direct him. For a long time, he wandered around helplessly, and he was beginning to despair of finding shelter for the night, when he saw on top of a hill, lighted by the last rays of the sun, a little hermitage called Anjitsu which are built for solitary priests. It seemed to be in ruinous condition, but he hastened to it eagerly and found it was inhabited by an aged priest from whom he begged the favour of a night's lodging. This the old man harshly refused, but he directed Musso to a certain hamlet in the valley adjoining where lodging and food could be obtained. Musso found his way to the hamlet, which consisted less of a dozen farm cottages and he was kindly received at the dwelling of the headman. Forty or fifty persons were assembled in the principal apartment at the moment of Musso's arrival, but he was shown into a small separate room where he was promptly supplied with food and bedding. Being very tired, he lay down to rest at an early hour, but a little before midnight he was roused from sleep by a sound of loud weeping in the next apartment. Presently, the sliding screens were gently pushed apart and a young man carrying a lighted lantern entered the room, respectfully saluted him and said, Reverend Sir, it's my painful duty to tell you that I am now the responsible head of this house. Yesterday, I was only the eldest son, but when you came here, tired as you were, we did not wish that you should feel embarrassed in any way and therefore we did not tell you that Father had died only a few hours before. The people whom you saw in the next room are the inhabitants of this village. They all assembled here to pay their last respects to the dead, and now they are going to another village about three miles off. For by our custom, no one of us may remain in the village during the night after a death has taken place. 
We make the proper offerings and prayers, then we go away, leaving the corpse alone. Strange things always happen in the house where a corpse has thus been left, so we think that it would be better for you to come away with us. We can find you good lodging in the other village. But perhaps, as you are a priest, you have no fear of demons or evil spirits. And if you are not afraid of being left alone with the body, you'll be very welcome use to the use of this poor house. However, I must tell you that nobody except a priest would dare to remain here tonight. Musa made answer. For your kind intention and your generous hospitality, I am deeply grateful. But I am sorry that you did not tell me of your father's death when I came. For, though I was a little tired, I certainly was not so tired that I could have found difficulty in doing my duty as a priest. Had you told me, I could have performed the service before your departure. As it is, I shall perform the service after you have gone away, and I shall stay by the body until morning. I do not know what you mean by your words about the danger of staying here alone, but I am not afraid of ghosts or demons. Therefore, please feel no anxiety on my account. The young man appeared to be rejoiced by these assurances and expressed his gratitude in fitting words. Then the other members of the family and the folk assembled in the adjoining room, having been told of the priest's kind promises, came to thank him. After which the master of the house said, Now, reverend sir, as much as we regret to leave you alone, we must bid you farewell. By the rule of our village, none of us can stay here after midnight. We beg, kind sir, that you will take every care of your honourable body, as we are unable to attend upon you. And if you happen to hear or see anything strange during our absence, please tell us of the matter in the morning when we return. All then left the house except the priest, who went to the room where the dead body was lying. The usual offerings had been set up before the corpse, and a small Buddhist lamp, Tomyo, was burning. The priest recited the service and performed the funeral ceremonies, after which he entered into meditation. So meditating, he remained through several silent hours, and there was no sound in the deserted village. But when the hush of the night was at its deepest, there noiselessly entered a shape, vague and vast, and in the same moment Musso found himself without power to move or speak. He saw that shape lift the corpse, as with hands, devour it more quickly than a cat devours a rat, beating at the head and eating everything, the hair and the bones and even the shroud. And the monstrous thing, having thus consumed the body, turned to the offerings and ate them also. Then it went away as mysteriously as it had come. When the villagers returned the next morning, they found the priest awaiting them at the door of the headman's dwelling. All in turn saluted him, and when they entered and looked around the room, no one expressed any surprise at the disappearance of the dead body and the offerings. But the master of the house said to Musuk, Reverend sir, you have probably seen unpleasant things during the night. All of us were anxious about you. But now we are very happy to find you alive and unharmed. Gladly we would have stayed with you if it had been possible. But the law of our village, as I told you last evening, obliges us to quit our houses after a death has taken place and to leave the corpse alone. Whenever this law has been broken, 
some great misfortune has followed. Whenever it is obeyed, we find that the corpse and the offerings disappear during our absence. Perhaps you have seen the cause. Then Musa told of the dim and awful shape that had entered the death chamber to devour the body and the offerings. No person seemed to be surprised by his narration, and the master of the house observed, What you have told us, Reverend Sir, agrees with what has been said about this matter from ancient times. Musa then inquired, Does not the priest on the hill sometimes perform the funeral service for your dead? What priest? the young man asked. The priest who yesterday evening directed me to this village, answered Musa. I called at his anjitsu on the hill yonder. He refused me lodging, but told me the way here. The listeners looked at each other as in astonishment. And after a moment of silence, the master of the house said, Reverend sir, there is no priest and there is no anjitsu on the hill. For the time of many generations, there has not been any resident priest in this neighbourhood. Musa said nothing more on the subject, for it was evident that his kind host supposed him to be deluded by some goblin. But after having bidden them farewell and obtained all necessary information as to his road, he determined to look again for the hermitage on the hill and so to ascertain whether he had really been deceived. He found the Anjitsu without any difficulty, and this time its aged occupant invited him to enter. When he had done so, the hermit humbly bowed down before him, exclaiming, Ah, oh, I am ashamed. I am very much ashamed. I am exceedingly ashamed. You need not be ashamed for having refused me shelter, said Musa. You directed me to the village yonder, where I was very kindly treated, and I thank you for that favour. I can give no man shelter, the recluse made answer, and it is not for the refusal that I am ashamed. I am ashamed only that you have seen me in my real shape, for it was I who devoured the corpse and the offerings last night before your eyes. Know, reverend sir, that I am Jikininki, an eater of human flesh. Have pity on me and suffer me to confess the secret fault by which I became reduced to this condition. A long, long time ago, I was a priest in this desolate region. There was no other priest for many leagues around. So, in that time, the bodies of the mountain folk who died to be brought here, sometimes great distances, in order that I might repeat over them the holy service. But I repeated the service and performed the rites only as a matter of business. I thought only of the food and the clothes that my sacred profession enabled me to gain. And because of this selfish impiety, I was reborn immediately after my death into the state of a jikininki. And since then I have been obliged to feed upon the corpses of the people who die in this district. Every one of them I must devour in the way that you saw last night. Now, Reverend Sir, let me beseech you to perform a segaki service for me. Help me by your prayers, I entreat you, so that I may soon be able to escape from this horrible state of existence. No sooner had the hermit uttered this petition than he disappeared, and the hermitage also disappeared in the same instant. And Muso Kokushi found himself kneeling alone in the high grass beside an ancient and moss-grown tomb of the form Goren Ishi, which seemed to be the tomb of a priest. 
A ghost story in the middle of the day is no easy task too, but um, I do feel slightly chilled. Um, we are transmitting from Crawl Radio at Composite. We've got a live performance now from Lily Tate, who's going to be doing live violin for us. So without further ado, yes, Lily, thank you. Thank you. 
Thank you, Lily. That was a really beautiful way for us to move into the afternoon together. I'd like to welcome Ender. It's a real pleasure to have you here uh, as such an incredible writer and friend and warm presence. Great human. Yeah, you're going to be reading uh, a range of poems for us today. Thank you. Okay, my name is Ender, poem. Ender, 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 Edna, Edna, Endor, Enders, Anders, Ander, Antler, Andrew, Andy, Andre, Andy, Andre, Andy, Edward, Andy, Endo, Ando, Andrew. Nice to meet you, Andrew. Thank you, Andrew. Enza, Enya, Bender, Blender, Return to Sender, Love Me Tender, Double Ender, East Ender, Tail Ender, Big Ender, Endo, Endic, Endog. Ender the Bender, Ender the Dragon. How do you spell that? Where's that name from? Is that Irish or that's Turkish? Like Ender's Game, never heard of that before. Never mind, that's interesting, that's unusual, that's unique. Can you spell that for me? Can you write that down? E-N-D, no, 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 D, 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 D for dog, D-E-R, Ender. It's not the end of the world. Ender, 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 what? Ender, 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 Enza, Enya, 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 Anya, Enya, Engine. End it, endul, enver, under, andre, ember, enja, ender, inda, ender, under, under, unga, inga, inga, unga, olga, anya, enema, enemy, embassy, endi, endo, ender, 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 bashkan, ender, bashkan, ender, the ender, the end. This one's called Are You Ready, Poem. 1911, Governor of Istanbul orders stray dogs to be rounded up and exiled to the island of Sivriada. Hunger and thirst, they eat one another. 80,000 dogs perish, some drown at sea trying to escape. A severe earthquake, a punishment from God. The island is now known as Hayr Sezada, the inauspicious island. 2022, now the accountant tells me he's reading Moby Dick. Tells me I should try to increase my income this year. Tells me it hasn't quite grabbed him yet, but his son loves it. Tells me at this stage a bank wouldn't give us a loan to buy a house in, say, Reservoir. My father tells me to become a teacher. On Smith Street, I bump into a friend, 31, photographer, works at Coles, Rainbow Lanyard. He's trying to become a firefighter now so that he, he can become an artist. Four days on, four days off. 80K and nine weeks holiday. Time to read on the clock and play ping pong. Sounds good to me, sounds too good to me. Why don't we become poets to become poets? Why don't we show the way? My father tells me to become a teacher. My friend, the late great poet, was penniless at 40, told me she should have done law like Kafka and written on the side. Died with a million under her pillow at 69 after quitting poems for a while and giving her body to the institution. Left everything to a rich friend. He gave up art at 22. My father tells me to become a teacher. For the second time and the first time in 10 years, I have a job with annual leave. Christmas and New Year, we go away. I check my payslip and it's not there. I tense up, rear up, email payroll, who are lovely. Check your payslips. My partner and our friend and I drive out to a place called Gobberup to look at land. 100,000 for 20 acres, maybe the cheapest land in the state. Feels auspicious, a trust for nature covenant, ants everywhere. They come up at you, you can't stand still. The owner suggests we build a wooden platform eight feet high with moats around the uprights to enjoy calm and the nice breeze above the shrubbery. 
He loves it. His friends won't come here. His wife stays at the gate. He used to work in a bookshop like me, retrained, hasn't got around to constructing this platform, but it would unlock some potential. A labour of love, bought it from his uncle who tried to clear it and farm it, but the bush is real and the soil's hydrophobic. He wants to pass it into good hands. Afterwards at the local pub, horses racing on TV, we buy around, only a few regulars glancing at us. One of them puffs up and charges at me, nose to nose, reckons I might work in the sex industry. He likes that, points to my shirt, Planet X, noose heads, wants to fuck someone or fuck someone up. I know what to do, I've seen this before, my body tightens up, I try to look him in the eye but no good. One goes one way and the other the other. He sits back down, I want to talk to him now. I want to know him. My father tells me to become a teacher. In the car, my friend, 35, is seated behind me. Likes that the land is so punk that split six ways we could get it for 16,000 each, which we don't have yet. Tells me that after a PhD, she might have to stop making art in, in order to afford to live. But how do we live if we don't make art? Can you farm ants? Art everywhere. My grandpa dies. My father gives the imam money. The imam politely asks about our family. My dad says he's a good boy but no direction, a writer. The imam says poets write the world into being, are remembered forever. My father considers this, wonders if I'm a poet. The technician gels my partner's belly. Our three-year-old sits on my lap, sees her sibling 27.6 millimetres long, nine weeks and four days in utero, heartbeat 172. The technician says it's very good. I have six months until riding will have to take a bigger back seat. We'll have to get a bigger car instead of an ant colony. Maybe the imam should run Australia. Maybe we could be imams just for one day. Maybe the imams could become artists. My father really wants me to get a steady wage. My mum's less prescriptive. My mum backs me. You say, of course she does. I don't want to beg. Maybe we could do this together, reader. Are you ready? We can be workers together. Why should art and writing be solo? Let's start an artist from Writers League, seize our own means, pull all money, guarantee an income and a place to live. No more platforms, we be the ants now. No more soul trading, freelancing, grants, prizes, tenders, agents, gallerists, commercial jobs, casual jobs, side jobs, shit jobs, Stephen jobs. Let's watch the ants, let's work in league. A common project, get capitalism out of our bones. Refuse, this world is a kind of woeful organised stealing. Can we make an alternative, dream the world anew? Start with our own material conditions. Lead by this example. Make something dangerous, an artist and writer's league, something beyond an ethical art, a radical art, which is radical life. Black Mountain, co-ops, unions, aries, ko koala logos. Art is the risk of creating the new. A public will support us if we support one another. If we can ban plastic bags and CFCs, we can abandon ABNs and PhDs. It would be thrilling when the average artist earns, when housing costs, why not? How to make a dignified life. Let's pull money so we all get wet into the sea like stray dogs. Uh, this one's called The Erotics of Book Selling. Hello, we're the bookshop where we always say, yes, hi, how can I help you? Ender speaking, how can I help? Ender, Ender. No, Turkish, Istanbul, Ankara, Baklava. So how can I help you? 
Let me look it up for you. Next, please. Can I help you? Would you like a bag? Tap on the left. Have a nice day. Have a good day. Have a great day. Come with me and let's see if we can find it. We should have it. Let me ask my colleague. I haven't read it, but I've heard good things about it. You'll love this. This is great. She's great. I haven't read this yet, but I've read her other stuff. I didn't like the last one much, but it's been selling like hotcakes. People can't get enough of her. Good question. Let me look it up on our system. We've got one in stock. I can transfer it. I can get it from the supplier. I can order one in. Two days, a week. It'll be here in two weeks. Let me calculate it. Nice to meet you. Pleased to meet you. Good to see you. Great to see you. Good to hear from you. Nice to hear from you. Nice shirt. Nice haircut. Thanks for that. Sorry about that. Do you play indoor soccer? Yeah, I did. No worries. No stress. No problem at all. Nothing to worry about. That's my job. Thank you. Take care. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Bye now. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Bye. 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 See you. See you later. Thank you. Next, please. No, thank you. No, no. Thank you. Thanks for coming in. I'm sorry about that. Bear with me one moment. Thanks for your patience. There's not much I can do. I'm sorry. It's out of print. It was published in 1803 and we last had it in 1977. Good luck. Try Amazon. Whatever. I don't care. I don't work for Australia Post. It's out of my hands. It's a big issue. No doubt it's systemic. Supply chain, COVID, supply chain, big ships, stuck, Suez Canal, exchange rate, DHL, GST, American Express. We can wrap it for a small donation to our foundation, indigenous literacy. Beautiful day out there, cold out there, rainy out there, wealthy out there. Yeah, it's a good job. It's fine. It's a market economy. Uh, Copacabana. I don't mind. It's no big deal. Don't worry. Don't mention it. Look, I'm sorry. My bad. It's a shame. It is what it is. It's been ages. It's been a while. It's been too long. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, 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 yes, 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 of course, yes, yes, we can. Yes. Okay, bye. Bye now. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. See you. Love you. Okay, bye. Thank you. Bye. Yeah, I will. Yes, say hi. Bye now. Bye. See you later. Bye. Moi. I love you. Say hi to everyone, say hello, send my regards, send my love, say hi, hit me up, text me, call me, drop in, swing by, take care, take care, see you soon, ciao, tschüss, au revoir, yalla, bye. Thank you, and uh, so much, that was really incredible. Uh, So, thanks so much for tuning in this afternoon with us, it's been a pleasure to spend time with you, you might be listening in after the fact as uh, through a podcast, so reaching through time and space to you. Thanks again. Good afternoon. Monopoly is an offering from Liquid Architecture, staging sonic, filmic, poetic and performative works in and around Collingwood Yards on the first Thursday of each month. You can find more information at the link in our show notes. This podcast was produced by Mara Schretfeger for Liquid Architecture on the land of the Gadigal of the Eora Nation. We acknowledge them as the traditional owners of this land and recognise that sovereignty has never been ceded. We pay our respects to their elders past and present. Liquid Architecture is an Australian organisation for artists working with sound and listening. You can support our podcast and online journal Disclaimer through a Patreon subscription for as little as $5 a month. Find the link in our show notes.